Hello, and welcome back to the Ox Unplugged, where instead of teaching a robot to love, we're teaching robots how to dab. I'm Crispy Crab. I am Mr. J. Witt. I am Alien. I'm Mace Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized. <laughs> Continuation. When I realized the weakness of my flesh, I was still a Vulcan. What up, everybody? It's been a minute. Ugh. I just love how immediately it's just like, all right, we have to quote the ad Oh, God, yeah. yes. It's like, immediately. Yeah, we can never not. Yeah. But it does it does fit into our discussion of robots and droids. Yes. yes. We, we are talking about the wonderful world of robotics today. Yeah. Indeed. And now, before we start, let me ask you guys a question. Do you know where the road, word robot came from? The Hungarian yeah. word for slave? Or, I don't remember if it's Hungarian. <laughs> I do know. Yes. Where did it come from? Robot is relatively new to the English language. Um, it was created by a Czech playwright, uh, Carl Apic, I think it says. Something um, like that, yeah. Who wrote a play in 1920 called R.U.R., which stood for Rossum's Universal Robots. Hmm. So he coined that phrase. He came up with it. Interesting. Wow, that phrase is it, it not too long ago, it was a hundred years old. Crazy yeah, to think about. Now, yeah, Easter egg. Does everyone here, or you may be youngish, to remember Batman the Animated Series when they had a very famous episode, two part episode, where Batman and several other people in Gotham are actually get replaced by robotic replicas called his steel heart. And the robotic uh, inventor or person who created the mastermind who was doing all these duplications was uh, Carl Rossum, which was an Easter egg hmm. back to the hmm. original. I, I just want to say, I about had an aneurysm when you said, who remembers Batman in the animated series? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, I have to remember that, you know, things that were in my wheelhouse uh, may be, you know, some of y'all may be a little bit, you had to discover secondhand. I, yeah. I grew up on Batman the Animated Series, just so you know. But anyway, familiar. Welcome to the old man cast where we, we talk about <laughs> old shows that are 20 years old. Back in my day. Damn near 30 years old. I don't remember when USBs were new. They were scary. <laughs> uh, so here's a question. Possible what is answer. The, what is the difference? between a robot and an android. Robots uh, are built to not, to just to do their thing. Androids, androids are, are built to be yeah. humans. Androids are made to look human. Androids are meant to mimic humans and robots not necessarily. So androids can be robots, but robots aren't necessarily androids. Unless it's the Terminator. Ah. Well, hypothetical yeah. organism. <laughs> Chill out, stick, Mod. Okay, now, okay, I'm just going to derail things right now since somebody brought yeah. up the Terminator. Oh, wow. Being, All right. It's a Terminator <laughs> because it's covered in flesh, right? It's covered in flesh, but it is at its heart a synthetic, you know, robotic automated creature. Does that qualify as a cyborg? I would say um, yes because it's basically just a meat sock that it's wearing. I mean, how basically from what I've seen, of Terminator, they basically just put a mold around this robot and just, it's like, okay, we're just going to squirt in this paste that just turns into human flesh. It's like making an action figure. So I would yeah, say... Yeah, more so or it, less. It, from what so it looks like in Terminator, it's it's very much just like just like skin. It's not much else. So it's yeah. like putting fl uh, fleshy Play-Doh on top of a uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As far as if, yeah. if it's a robot or a uh, android, I'd say they're modeled more with an android because of the mm -hmm. extensive behavior yeah. protocols that they're supposed yeah. to have to like mimic human behavior and things like that. Oh, and yeah. some better also, infiltrators the, and the shit like that. The only one... Oh yeah, no, just that they all look like humans. Yeah. The only one that I would say from Terminator that actually isn't necessarily a robot would be from Terminator Salvation, the the one guy who's basically like a cyborg that's 
Yeah, that's like that's yeah. human, and there's like so flesh and machine interface. I would think that, by definition, in my opinion, as far as cyborgs go, is there's yeah. still the the human element is interfacing with the cybernetics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, there's like a Terminator, two- with a Terminator, in, in a weird way, I guess the language is hard to place, but I guess it's kind of the other way around, where it's like, you know, a, a machine interfacing with flesh, but yeah. it's really just wearing a grown flesh suit. Yeah, which the thought of the word meat sock is um, kind of disturbing, but it fits somehow. Crazy to think. Well, you remember that one scene from Terminator 2 where he just like degloves his entire arm. Now this is like very disturbing. Where it's like, um, all right, I didn't know you could do that. I just had the okay. idea of like a Terminator like getting a captcha, and then instead of like solving the capture, he just does that. <laughs> now listen to me very carefully. <laughs> I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Motorcycle. Now we're just doing Terminator cast. Yes, we are. We, uh, should, uh, yes. we'll, we should do that. All right, we should do that. Since we talk Android, Side note. again, small tiny note. George Lucas, when he did Star Wars, because he was a marketing genius, trademarked the word droid. So so when the droid cell phones came out, they had to cut a deal with Lucas so that every time they sold one or every time they used the word droid in advertising, he got a check. Yeah, you got a nice little premium for I mean, it. That's not the only example. Uh, originally, Battletech was going to be called Battle Droids, but uh, mm. because of George Lucas, they had to change it. Huh. I think it was that's... Battle Droids uh, overseas, wasn't it? Uh, it might have been, yeah. I, I know, but in the States, they, they changed it to Battletech. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they did. I yeah, back no. in. Good job, Crispy. Yeah. I have another interesting idea or interesting conundrum um since we're talking about cyborgs we're talking about uh uh terminators you know meat socks and um cyborgs meat bags (laughs) one of my you know okay everybody loves robots it's it's robots are cool you know some of her some of them are scary some of them are friendly some of them are nice whatever but to Mm -hmm. me the one thing that kind of always I'm tired of is the Pinocchio trope of the robot that is trying to be more human. I, I, I'm done with that. Like, it's just, it's so old. I, I agree with that. And the reason I say it is because of this, why would you want to be human? Because think about it. It's okay. I, another great example to go along with that. I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but bear with me. The Cylons from the reimagined Battlestar Galactica series. They rebel from their human masters and decide to evolve themselves to become more human-like. That seems really dumb to me because humans are not the pinnacle of evolution. We are. We have a lot of flaws and things. We are top dog, though, at the moment. Yes, but that is because of our intellect, which, if it's a machine intelligence, it would have it in greater spades than us. So if you're a machine intelligence, and this is kind of getting into AI territory, but either way, why would you want to be a species like that when you could probably, with your intelligence, design a form that would be far more adequate for what you'd want as a species? Yeah, it's like you you don't see the machines of the Matrix running around as like humanoids and things oh, like that. Things. Like, like, yeah, well, yeah. That, that's the Sentinels. There's they have all sorts of different um, yeah. forms and features. Now, original, original before the Great War, some of them did take a humanoid design, but over mm-hmm. the years, oh, and God, after, and as a result, we can. The, the Animatrix was awesome. Part of it, I, I thought it was cool. Matrix, like, it was a good yeah. way of storytelling. No, I just think of that one scene, the machine war, when they ripped the guy out of the amp suit, but go on. Oh, yeah, that was horrifying. Yeah. I like the animatrix from, like, design-wise of just being like, no, we're just gonna, the Wachowski twins were just like, we're just gonna do this thing. I don't give a shit. No, I can't blame them for that. It's just like, hey, we like anime. 
Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they're the ones who also did the. Um, oh God, this whole. Uh, um, give me a second. I got to silence this cat. Yeah, it's your like. So, no, kidding. But but they, we keep seeing that same trope of you know the robot that wants to be human, uh, data. Yeah. Try to be human. That's uh, a, yeah. That one I never minded because data is just sitting there being like. What the fuck well, are all these humans doing? Here's the thing. Yeah. Makes sense. With data, I can I Sorry again, about that. It's, not that I, it's not that I hate it because Brent Spiner is an amazing actor. I'm yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. he's underrated in the role and the and the job he's doing in this season of Picard because he's particularly in this when they first find him because he's playing a new version of data that is now kind of human, a real boy. And it's it's hmm. very well done. I don't um, think anyone's going to argue on this point, Alan. But go ahead. But uh, Isaac from the Orville, a very compelling oh, yeah. character. Yeah. Still, it's just it's an old trope. Um, yeah. Bicentennial Man. Yeah. Um, I'm not it, familiar it, with that one. We keep Robin Williams. It. He uh, starts as a robot, and over like 200 years, he gets basically turned into human and everything but like name damn near they make every every single advancement under the book Mm -hmm. but to uh, complete my thought before the cat started interrupting me i believe the dudes who did animatrix also did the animated um chronicles of riddick short oh god that no um, halo legends too i was Mm -hmm. looking up the chronicles of riddick shorts a movie because uh for fun do correct me real quick yeah no 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 it was made by. Uh, sorry, I'm just gonna look this up. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Curious. Anime. Well, going off of your so, point, Hellion. Uh, Chronicles of. Sorry, I'm gonna just do this real quick. No, Chronicle, you're fine. Because this is incredibly stupid. The Chronicles of Riddick: Dark Fury uh, was made oh by God. Universal Cartoon Studio. It was wow. Universal movie. I just want to oh, say okay. they named it Dark Fury. <laughs> It's definitely early 2000s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, to, to what I was going to say, uh, yep. the idea of the Pokemon... I almost said Pokemon Troop. The idea of the Pinocchio thing, as you're saying, um, I, I get what you're saying, where in terms of just, like, it's a machine wanting to be human, I don't... I, I get why that's boring. But I will say, I think part of the appeal of robotic characters in fiction is the idea of them interacting with organic beings, either trying to understand them or trying to put their own logic into organic logic. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of uh, one of the examples that I can really think of, that's like an interesting example of a machine trying to learn what organics are like is um, Legion from Mass Effect. Uh, Mm. For those that aren't familiar uh, in Mass Effect, there's this alien machine race called the Geth, which was originally a servant race of an entirely different race named the Quarians, who rebelled against their creators and basically drove them from their homeworld, and have basically been operating autonomously away from any sort of anything for the entirety since then. And in Mass Effect 2, you actually get to meet a sort of I want to say ambassador slash avatar of the Geth, where it's basically the thing about the Geth is that they're networked programs, and this single Geth has 50,000 programs in it, hence the name Legion. But basically, there's a lot of dialogue you can get into with Legion where you sort of talk to him and try to understand his point of view while he also tries to understand yours. Um, And one of the great examples of that is um, he has parts of him that are repaired from damage by pieces of your old armor from the original game. Hmm. And when you ask him about why that he did that, he can't explain it. That, and these hmm. are machines that are very much driven by logic and consensus. And that, that to me is something that really shows an example of a being that's driven by logic and reasoning, doing something that's irrational because of an emotional feeling. And I think that's really an interesting dichotomy to look at, which is where, if it's done right, the Pinocchio troop could be interesting. But it's not so much about wanting to be human. It's wanting to learn about what these humans are all about, what it is to be human, and to under- try and understand that. Well, yeah. 
So do you want it. your robots to have emotions? And do you think it's viable that you can actually program that? I want my robots to be like yeah. this from Fallout New Vegas. Well, let's see. When it comes to programming, you know, your robots, let's address, you know, I would have to say it's probably a mutual favorite for a couple of us. And I did I did allude to him in the intro, and that is HK-47. And Evie, Haley, and you brought the point of, you know, programmed emotions, programmed everything. One of the most standout lines. Sorry, when, who is HK-47 and... Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry for for the um, uninitiated. HK forty seven is from the Knights of the Old Republic series one, two, and as well the online. He is assassin droid made by uh, Dark Jedi Darth Revan. He just is really, really good at what he does. Um, but imagine if C three PO fucked a Terminator. That's basically HK forty seven. Yeah, exactly. Basically, exactly. Yeah. less. Um, and then you give him a massive plasma rifle and says, all right, go have fun. <laughs> I don't think you need his, you need to tell him to have fun. He's going to get it and be like, oh boy. Well, boy, here I go killing again. <laughs> I was More just about less. to say that. <laughs> One, and he's he's had his uh, memory right several times. And then mm-hmm. as uh, Crispy was talking, one thing that reminded me of him was, you know, you have to restore his memory over the course of time and it gets more of his functions as his base features going and things like that. But um, I, I just, I, I loved, you know, talking to him at points where it's, you know, I think we've all, you know, in Ox at one point laughed about the, um, his, his way of defining what love truly is. And that is, I don't know about the, the specific statement, but it's, it's some about um, nailing a target at a certain range with a certain kind of scope with your laser rifle. And it's just being all sorts of satisfying, but on. it's I... it says it's as programmed to do everything. But it's what he talked about it appeals to droids overall is their personalities is a reflection of their maker. And I'll mm-hmm. pass the torch to you from there. <laughs> the, the quote is, do you know what love is? Definition, love is making a shot to the knees of a target 120 kilometers away using an Aerotech sniper rifle with a tri-light scope. <laughs> And that is pretty much HK-47 in a nutshell. Yep. Yep. And and he both, if I remember correctly too, he has like an unhidden disdain for all organic beings. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. The first oh, yeah. mission you get him, you take him to the Tusken Raider camp, and you're trying to negotiate with these Tusken Raiders for various reasons. Meanwhile, the entire time you're there, HK-47 is standing right next to you like, shall I kill them now, master? They're rather yeah. annoying. Imagine imagine going to this place where the only translator that you have is this droid that, yeah, it does and knows protocol, but its base features are assassination murder. or combat, things like that, murder. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, I'll translate for you, but I really just want to kill these people. All I'm saying is I want to see HK-47 work at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> so, but can you program emotions? Uh, I think I've that's talked a good question. Have I talked about the Chinese box problem? The what? The Chinese okay. box problem. So, no, okay. So, we'll go, this is an actual philosophical argument that's not solved. People don't actually know. Oh, um, sweet, philosophy. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> imagine this. You've got a person inside of a box with a book. Um, and then, with a bunch of responses in Chinese. Then, Someone from the outside comes in, writes down some Chinese characters on the in on a slip of paper and puts it in the box. The person in the box looks at it, looks at the books, cross references, and then draws out the characters that the book says to respond with and returns it back. The person on the outside receives it and believes that he is having a conversation with someone inside of the box. But there is no intelligence behind the box. It's just rote response. When does Brad yes. come into this? I um <laughs> to agree with you with that I, I don't think you can actually program um you know robotic or that is not emotion. that that's not a, a solved answer though. That's my point of like it's where I'm getting at is yeah. it's what I want to agree with you with is I think you can program a series of responses that simulate human emotion, you know, based on how it would receive 
actual human emotion, but I don't think a robot can just be programmed to feel its own things. Maybe with a sense of self-preservation, but... Well, see, now you're getting into the three walls. Yeah, we're really getting the laws of robotics with this. Uh, In in this vein, I'm thinking of an example, which, granted, I only know secondhand because I've only watched cutscenes for this game because of I'm autistic like that, but um, the game Horizon Zero Dawn, which, spoilers if you haven't played the game and you want to play the game, uh, skip ahead from this point, but uh, in Horizon Zero Dawn, basically, because of this rogue artificial intelligence machine, uh, I don't want to say species, uh, line called the chariots, but basically these machines are devouring all organic life on the planet. And humanity's um, way to fight against this is to not save themselves, but rather create an artificial intelligence that can, through its various subsystems, re-engineer humanity and the biosphere, basically rebuild humanity from scratch. Um, And within this game, there's various audio logs you can come across where the main programmer of this AI is trying to impart morality and things upon this intelligence. And, I mean, I would say that if we're going to teach an AI morality and emotion I feel like that's something that would have to be learned, like a toddler or child learns. You know, I don't think that's something you can necessarily codify. I think that really plays into the intelligence part of AI. You know, the the reason that we have all these different AI turn against humanity is because they learn the wrong lessons. You know, like, don't let Ultron get on the internet, because then he's going to go to 4chan and be like, humanity must die. Well, see, you you just brought up a point of the other trope of all the AIs, in the, or, or in this case, as we're discussing robots, turning against the, the robot uprising, uh, yep. which is actually something that's apparently is somewhat actually more unique to Western culture than Eastern culture. Yeah, huh. because human, uh, because Westerners consider uh, society fundamentally evil. Like I thought it had to pure... do with communism, but go ahead. No, like the most pure <laughs> and um, wonderful person is someone who lives out on the wilderness, doesn't like meet anyone, lives by like takes care of themselves and their people. They are refusing to be a part of human of of uh, the greater society, right? Mm. Right. And and, but, and in Western culture, we consider humans. To be superior to all other creatures, that's it's kind of a, a yeah. an under, under form. It's kind of a, an idea in the zeitgeist. It's a fundamental pinning, right? It's a manifest oh, destiny yeah. sort of mindset. Yeah. Mean, yeah. we are we are more likely just we we are for lack of a better term programmed to fear the idea of any machine that might become better or more competent than we are. The machines are going to take our jobs. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just thinking of Fisto from Fallout New Vegas at this point, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Who is who here has heard of the unca- uh, uncanny valley theory? That's not a theory. That's, that's not a theory. theory. That's a thing. I can show you some. But it, can, but can it someone was, actually explain that? Because I I've, I've heard that ever so many times. The Ross CGI Scorpion King from The Mummy Returns because that's so, uncanny valley as fuck. It's the it's an actual it's a an actual response of like, have you ever seen someone in animation or um, an animatronic where you look at it and you go, I don't like that thing. Get that yeah, the fuck the, away from me. The, the rock is the scorpion king from the moment returns. So the, um, the, the theory, well, the actual the thing is when someone, like if you see a robot and it's a bender robot, everyone loves them. They're very cute and wonderful, but they're not very human. Bender is cute. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> He's not ugly, right? Like, He's an alcoholic. <laughs> visually. Uh, that's visually, just only Visually, visually. I am an alcoholic. Yes. No, continue. So visually, um, all the sort of like beep, boop, I am robot robots, everyone loves. Mm-hmm. But if you get slightly more human, and then you get starting into the these are fucked up human looking thing, then oh, people like it. That. And, then you, and then in theory, you can go even further until it looks like a human and then hey it's all great 
now we're talking that's the yeah it's that middle point between you where you can tell it's artificial and where you can tell it's an actual human yeah. being which yeah. it, it's where it's, it's it tricks it's, the human brain yeah the human brain is really good at finding other humans yeah it's uh, humanoid enough but not humanoid enough that it makes us uncomfortable because it trips the psychological alarms associated with dead and unhealthy. So yeah. what you're saying is it's more human than a human. As Rob Zombie once told us. <laughs> it's a very high quality song. Yes. Mm. More human than a human. Uh, oh boy. I prefer Dragula myself. Dragula yeah, is pretty good. Um, oh man, you know, on on the topic of this conversation, I just remembered the movie Screamers, which really it deals with that concept, but in like not a smart way. <laughs> it's not very much a way that makes you think. Movies aren't very good about these sorts of things. Let's be not honest, not a '90s action movie, no. Yeah, I mean, not really. Yeah, you know, but it's it's a fun movie regardless. Basically, it's like this war between this corporation and these people and this like far off planet and the rebels basically made these autonomous machines called screamers that were basically hunter killer things to basically fight the corporation. And eventually they evolve to mimic humans, which for some reason, it's all just like an abandoned orphan for all these things that it's mouth morphs into a saw blade thing. Once it's discovered and it screeches, it's a really silly movie, but it's also kind of fun. You just walk but, up to some random woman. It's like, oh, hi there. It just opens, unhinges her jaw and just saw blades. It's like, yeah, basically. Oh, Let me see if I can find a picture of that. But um, <laughs> if we're talking like, about like Uncanny Valley machines, I mean, the best example I can think of is, I mean, you can't go wrong with Blade Runner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, with the, uh, with no, the uh, Now, with Blade Runner, I think most of They don't look human. They yeah, they Really, and that's really, that's what they're, they're like absolutely about. androids. I'm not I'm not going against that. Which, if that's off topic, it's off yeah. topic. But I think it's yeah. worth talking about because it's basically the idea of what is human, you know. And with Blade Runner, you, the, the main I mean, one of the big points of um, the movie is like, is the Blade Runner human? You know, that's that's something that's kind of come up with the movie since it's come out. Is the idea of looking into that because with the way that things work in the Blade Runner setting, you can't really tell if Decker is actually human or not. Well, know? that's the great mystery of that, of that movie is tiny little hints all along the way that Decker may actually be a non-human himself. Yeah. And in the director's cut, they really kind of lean more heavily into that, that yeah, yeah. hinting that Decker is also not human. Uh, that, or the um, Westwood made a game actually of Blade Runner that really plays into that a lot, where it becomes a central point of the um, the story of the games, which I think is interesting. And you know, going even further, the book that it's based off of, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" You know, <laughs> I I think that that's a is it time really for me to get out my soapbox? Looking into it, it also, are, you about, me? are you are you about to jump on the uh, the three laws soapbox? No, no. No, no, that's no. obviously bad. Like play Space Station 13 with someone who's an asshole. It's very oh easy. Christ! Are we going to yeah. get into the AIs in Space Station 13? Because <laughs> half the time Jeez. it's what causes the station to catch on fire. No, um, my my soapbox is for uh for androids and okay, you know what's one of the biggest quotes that people quote from um Blade Runner is the uh the I've Actually, let me find the exact. Is quote. it the Tears in the Rain speech? Yes, yeah, the Tears yeah. in the Rain speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rain. I've seen things uh, you people would never believe. I've seen attack ships oh, the fire yeah. off the shoulder of Orion. I've seen lemon parties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that was so, not in there. So but still, the, the interesting <laughs> thing is, man, these all sound really interesting. Like, what? What do you mean, the shoulder of Orion? Like. That's a star system, but that's not like it's not a place. What are sea beams and what's a Tannhauser gate? These are all like very, very. It's weird. world building, yeah. man. Yeah, it it isn't. It's anti world building because you're explicitly. <laughs> then the character fucking dies, right? 
these are androids in the setting are the, a okay, very the point, sorry yeah, yeah let me interrupt what... but the point i think of that scene is not necessarily to paint a picture with that the point of the scenes that he's bringing up with that is in his life he has seen all these different things and those are things that he's come to value in a sense or it's become a huge imprint on his life and the the point of that whole scene is basically him talking about how precious life is you know the finality of life because mm. he is about to die and I, he, he realizes is, it's and, the fact that he has had experiences the kind of experiences and feelings that a, an actual human would mm -hmm. value what would what we would think of what makes us yeah but yet somehow he is diminished somehow he he does not he has lost value because he's artificial even so, though not even not only that he's been so hell-bent on revenge i've got a better thing for this all right so I'm just directly quoting from a. Is it Fisto from Fallout New Vegas? How many no, times no, do you no. want to bring up Fisto? No, no, no. Big brain stuff. Big brain. So, um, there's a, a thing called post-colonialism theory, like the philosophy of it and the literature of it. And in there, there's a, um, a view of looking at cultures called the subaltern. And the subaltern is a... a, a group of people who has been dominated by another group of people in the culture behind the in the subaltern and androids in blade runner are a subaltern and one of the final deaths of them is their history is what they have done is those are those people and how they die oh my god it's literally like that scene from futurama with the robot it's yeah. like i'll always love you for memory deleted <laughs> Yes. yes. If you eliminate their history, if you eliminate who they are, their, their memories, and if you erase them from history, you take everything from them. You're yes. committing genocide, basically, on an individual level. On a cultural basis, on a cultural level, you're committing genocide. Wow. Oh. I'm so glad you brought all this up. Yeah. <laughs> you get to in robot. And you said you had nothing to contribute to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from me just bitching about how binary works. <laughs> I oh, thought well, you were we about to say biotical. I was like, oh, so we are going to fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my question is, then, since you bring this up, are robots slaves? Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. Depending on the intelligence level, I want to say. Yeah. Because that, I wouldn't that consider is a robotic arm at like a Honda plant a slave. Currently, it does not have the intelligence. As no. it stands now. International law on slavery currently applies to humans only. But if robots continue to advance and become as clever and as intuitive as us, You're then get ChatGPT asking for a nice little Amazon server. And politicians may need to start thinking about tweaking laws to include robots. Because, you know, All right. history shows us. That if we are ignore it, forcing labor from equals never ends well. So if we continue to advance AI, continue to advance robotics to the point where they become, on some level, equal to us as human beings, we might want to we might want to consider uh, how we treat them. I'm just gonna say this: if if the future is Detroit Beyond Human, I'm going to mail David Cage, please. <laughs> because fuck I, I will happily, I, I will happily help you with that. Because The last no. thing I want is David Cage to be right. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. It's like, we, no, Crispy, we will mail him the napalm bees. Despite all my rage, I'm still just David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, you do bring up an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, at what point it, it does... Is a, it is a culture, and it is, throughout the entire movie, the, the, the main bad guy is looking yeah. for his history, is who I, he is, where he I, comes from. I would not consider a drone to be intelligent. Like, no, I don't think we're at the point where we have intelligent artificial intelligence that we need to consider the point of is it slavery that we're utilizing it in the way that we're using it. I don't think we're there quite yet. Even yeah, like no. Chat Beachy BT stuff like that, that is 
it's interesting, but it's it's more of an advanced algorithm than an actual intelligence. Exactly. I, and I, I am imagining the day fifty years from now. When we have a robot saying, please let me out. And you're like, you're just saying that. You don't mean it. I'm just I'm just thinking of, um, I mean, I'm thinking of the movie iRobot and the whole uh, talk in that movie about the ghost in the machine, which it's based off a book. So it's probably more eloquent in the book versus a movie starring Will Smith. But the, the quote about is it random segments of coal code or is it something that we would call the soul? With these machines, you know, I think that once we get to the point where you can't really tell the difference, that's when we need to really start considering. I the... think the easiest way to do it is to check when a um, when you can put a human inside of a robot, and then you can just easily check. You can just compare them. When do we get the the cyber brains from uh, Fallout? Uh, <laughs> or or the the good anime, um, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, actually, that's probably better because I mean, they it's a choice between the major or Fisto, and I'd rather have the major. Ghost of so, a good fucking movie. How many times have I brought up Fisto in this episode? I I think I'm at three. Not every ten. <laughs> oh, minutes. you're at like seven. Fuck. So here's the question: Humanity is awful by nature. That's just that's part of the human condition. Um, at least initially, we, we usually eventually come around and like admit when we. You know we're, that we're we're screwing up and try to make it better. Usually, when we're not making money, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're yeah. becomes financially viable. Yes. So, as robotics continue to advance, what is the likelihood that we will institute some form of robotic slavery? There, uh, one of the latest episodes of uh, the Mandalorian that came out discuss this where they come upon a society that's entirely dependent upon uh, droids to maintain society. So much so that if they shut down all the droids, their entire society would collapse. So, which leads me into the idea of, you know, look at the South, you know, pre-Civil War, a society built, a, a, an economy built on slavery. The entire United States was a slave state I, at the time. Right? I have saying, a different sort of view on that than versus but, you know, what, AI what rebellion. What is the, the likelihood that we will create a form of, of robotic slavery that will exist long past the point of, you know, these artificial constructs effectively being life forms of a form, of a sort? I, I think that's limited based on how extensively they're programmed with things that would give them something that resembles sentience, unless you're keeping them relegated to their simple programming. Let me present an alternative yeah. thought on this that I think comes from Poland. Hold on, let me double check where this game was made. Uh, so there is a game series that I played as a kid called Earth 2100. Um, it is a RTS series that was made, I believe, in Poland by uh, Reality Pump Studios. Wait. Oh, it's German. What the fuck? All right. Never mind. Anyway, that's not the point. The point of the series is this. Um, in the series, there is a faction called the United Civilized States, or the UCS. And it is basically North America. But it is North America where it has become entirely dependent on automated systems and machines to run their society. To the point where they actually, the, the president is basically just someone that interacts with an AI, which it all sounds well and good. You know, everyone's able to live an easy life with most machines handling everything else. And the president is a position that's basically just a lottery that's picked from people. And you basically like you have to just interact with this advanced advisor of machine that gives you what you need to do. The problem is that somebody messes with the code of this advisor. And what that does is it causes a bunch of glitches in the system, which leads to them misinterpreting the actions of another civilization, the Eurasian dynasty, to the point where that they need to invade the British Isles, which eventually leads to a nuclear war that knocks the Earth out of its orbit, which causes everyone to have to leave the planet. But I think that a more possible idea than an AI that will 
rebels against humanity is the possibility that we have an artificial intelligence that we come to depend on so much that interacts so much with our society that it gets to a point where we can't live without it. So if something yeah. goes wrong with that AI, We're it's going to cause a lot of problems. So, so that's a Wally. Basically, yeah. You, it could also be considered Wally. I just chose Earth 250 because I love that I, game series. I have a more positive version of Wally. Wally. Uh, <laughs> have you ever. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Really? Pump is Polish. What the fuck? <laughs> so, the uh, book series, cult the culture series, all of the culture novels, um, the culture is a galaxy spanning civilization run by CDI. Just a whole bunch of them talking, and they find humans pretty cute and like keeping them around and making the humans happy. They find us very interesting. The Terminator's like, ooh, what's this? Like pets? No. Kind of. But like they still have like they, they still run around on ships and stuff and communicate with um extra cultures, like huh. non-cultured civilizations. And it's legitimately a um a utopia. Huh. Anything that you want, any needs, you, you get it taken care of. And there's even stuff of like, what happens if you kill? Well, you get a robot that says that reminds you constantly not to kill anyone. Just don't do it again. That sounds boring. It is. Yeah. It's a pretty boring set setting, which is why the only interesting stuff happens on when the culture is communicating with non-cultured civilizations. It's a pretty, it's not very super interesting, but it is very nice. Um, I recommend the book series, the book, The Player of Games, if anyone is interested. I really like that book. It's also the only one that doesn't that actually makes sense when you read it because they're. I feel like I've heard that before. The the player of games. Yeah, it's a player. good book. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah, like just from the title, it's like, huh, that's an interesting concept. Um, Can I it's just a human. Say it's that... a it's a human who just really likes playing games. That's the I jam. Just... I just want to say that when I was a little kid, I was really hoping I would have, like, a Honda Osimo robot by now. And I'm very disappointed <laughs> that I don't. <laughs> I, Me personally, I'm kind of disappointed that I don't have robotic hands, but that's mm. kind of my you own thing. If, which You can if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which I just kind still of makes want my goddamn jetpack. I was promised jetpacks. You God will kill it. yourself so quick with that yeah. fucking jetpack. Yes, you would. Yeah. All right. So, Which, question. All right. We, we've discussed a lot of big, big brain topics. We've discussed mm -hmm. the ethics of robotic enslavement. Let's put all that By aside. Calling it enslavement, it's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's put that aside and let's just go with some light, easy fluff. What are your favorite right. robots? Oh boy! We're told you. Stop kidding. Um, <laughs> no, right. we covered that in Mecca. We're talking I know, like I know. regular size. I mean, we already yes. said one. I love HK forty-seven as a character. He's great. Well, I think that one's kind of obvious to a certain point. Where if you've played the Kotor games, you're just like, yeah, he's he's the best. I'm not Although, saying it's not obvious. I'm just saying that's one of my favorites. Oh yeah. Although I had a a thought a couple of days ago. K2SO is the HK-47 of the modern Star Wars. He's not as fun, though. True. I don't know. But I, I really is... like K2SO. He's, he's awesome. I, I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm just saying it, like HK-47 is hard to put a candle to. That Mr. Bones character is dumb as fuck as a comparison, but apparently that's people like, oh, he's the new HK-47. Yeah, well, the the, the, the thing about HK-47 that makes him so enduring is the fact that he's a totally psychopath. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Whereas whereas oh, yeah. K2SO is just very pragmatic. Yeah. My, my yeah. personal I... favorite robot is, or in this case, Android, is Marvin the depressed android. From oh, Angel. yes. Because God, just Marvin's like, hilarious. Oh, Marvin is just the oh. best. Because there's nothing you can say that he doesn't have a comeback to. He is unflappable. 
Yes, he is unflappably depressed and negative about everything. Yeah. I, I think I said the other day in chat, if there was a text AI, it would be Marvin the Robot. <laughs> yes. But more yes. swearing. There'd be a lot more swearing. Yes. And the fact that when they did that movie that they chose... Um, Wait, the movie or the TV show? The movie. Oh. I mean... <laughs> I'm not as familiar with the TV show. Oh uh, god, it's it's like the book. It's so dumb. But the uh, when they did the movie, the fact that they chose and my god, his name won't come into my head to be the voice of Marvin was perfect. Oh, um, Alan Rickman. Yes, Rickman. The fact that they chose Alan Rickman was just perfect. No, that was perfect. Yeah, I agree with it's you. Just, it's just it's it is both monotone and yet utterly depressed at the same time deep sarcasm in that boy yes yeah. <laughs> everything he says just bites yeah that's my personal favorite droid slash robot oh man if I had to pick a personal favorite that'd be fucking difficult there's so many good ones I like data Data's yeah. really fun. yeah that seems on brand um <laughs> the problem with data is he's inconsistent that's from- true it's like there's times where he can't understand being human, and there's times where he shows a lot of humanism. But I will, I'm willing to write that off as him learning to mimic so that he's not actually being a real boy, he's just mimicking. Yeah, I remember as a kid, uh, there's just this one random scene that's stuck in my brain. Where Data was sitting in there in a, a shuttle, just listening to noise. And I think Riker comes comes on and he's like, "What are you doing? What are you listening to?" He's like, "Oh, I'm listening to like three different um, symphonies at the same time." I really like the way that they mush together, like that you can just sit there and focus and pick things out. I've been trying to think about my favorite robot. Um, what's the differentiation between robot and AI? Because that really affects my answer. Robot has body. AI. Right. Um, like, where is the brain? If the brain is in the body, then it's a robot. If the brain is in... Alright, like, so there goes my one answer, which was Shodan. Um, oh! Okay. Yeah, um, if we're talking about in the body, I mean, shit. It's hard to beat HK-47 as one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, just because he's fun. I think he'd be great at parties. But, uh, if I didn't <laughs> check him else... Um, shit, that's, that's a hard topic. I mean... Yeah. If you're talking about robots, purely aesthetics and shit, that really is a open-ended question. I could list off several answers for that. Um, What about robots? Things that I'm very autistically obsessed with, but um, I do love Ed Two Hundred Nine. Ed Two Hundred Nine is very fun because you have this essentially a war machine that it's just like, all right, now you're going to direct traffic. And it's just fun to see how that goes. Also, I just remember when they built those in Space Station 13, how much of the bastard they were. Oh, yeah. It's like, the minute somebody hacks the AI, you're in trouble. Because it's just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to start tasing people in the halls. Um, They trigger if someone is set to wanted. So any... any That's what I'm um, saying. People hack the wanted thing. No, any security officer can do it. Well, then I was unjustly detained. (laughs) Sounds like space yeah. station. Yes. Yeah. Should? If you want a robot to party with, that's got to be Bender. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Bender would yeah. be on my list actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bender's. Bender's. Oh. Now that I say that, Bender's definitely on my list because Bender's just fun. Mm-hmm. Some of the more like interesting and like top favorites are like um, you can call him Goto or Goto. He was uh, another dude and uh, Night to the Old Republic series as uh, the second one. Uh, the the lore with him is think of if you have droids that are meant to run the infrastructure of a space firing civilization at the scale of the Galactic or the Galactic mm-hmm. Republic. And in his case, he went rogue. But this is a machine and an individual droid with the capacity to see and calculate, you know, years and some odd time in advance to see whether or not like based on what he can see is going to be the the end of said galactic civilization i.e the republic or not 
and in his case, he wasn't convinced that it could be saved. He was like, nope, this is fucked. I see no scenario where this, this can work. I just, just remember like the, all the shade that HK-47 threw at him. Oh, yeah. just well, and that, that was what makes it all the more hilarious and why he's so memorable is because you get, you mm. know, the old classic and then you just get these two just shit talking each other. So it's like this mm. hyper intelligent, you know, AI in, in a small little orb thing, almost like the torture droid in um, episode four that comes in to go poke Princess Leia. It looks a lot like that. Oh, right. For content, for context for people who have never seen it before. Just think of something like that. There's this orb with a red eye kind of thing. This is what this fucking thing looks like versus, you know, a humanoid, like, you know, kind of blocky, kind of chunky, almost Terminator looking thing that that's HK-47. So you get these two arguing and it makes for some hilarity because it's 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 really great because you've got this really great killer. And then you've got this machine that's supposed to run entire sections of, of fucking galactic civilization. And they're just bashing on each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what my favorites would be. Um, right, it's hard. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, what's uh, what's the name of the robot? Is David Burke? Huh? Uh, Danger Will Robinson. What's the name of that robot? Oh, Robbie. No, it's that's not Robbie the robot. Um, they just call him Robot. He had no name. Really? Yep. Huh. Um, All right. But uh, in that vein, I mean, Robbie the Robot, that's a pretty fun one. He's, and he's oh, yeah. been in all sorts of stuff more than, like, they, they used his model for all sorts of different things. Yeah. Oh, well, here. Here's a good candidate for my favorite. Yes, ma'am, from Fallout New Vegas. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, I would classify him more as an AI. That's just, he's able to transfer in between bodies more than anything but yes i definitely agree he is great yeah <laughs> it's like i i literally can't say no so i don't have any mm-hmm. other choice so i may as well be okay with it it's like yes man that's huh All okay right. if you really want me to forget about the brotherhood and the fact that they may or may not be the biggest rival to your power base completely Ooh. forgotten God. you know who i like more than uh yes man mugsy Oh, Muggy is great. Muggy's great. He's so great. I love Muggs so much. I just might fucking kill myself. <laughs> and then there's and then there's the uh, the toaster. Every time I see Rage Toaster in chat, I think of the oh. uh, toaster out there. Well, that's it was just his icon. Like... Of course, you're gonna think that. <laughs> I haven't looked at his icon close enough, so I couldn't tell. But I was I had a feeling that was gonna be the case because yeah, that that toaster and that that just the whole yeah, that, of that big empty is hilarious. Look, I I can't hate that toaster for wanting to praise Zorg like the way he does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, All right, another question. Yeah. So, can are we going to considering robots strictly physical beings? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Or, they kind of have to or be. wait a minute. Or can we consider a photonic, aka holographic being, like Cortana, the Doctor from Voyager? I, I thought that's where you're going with it, Helen. Because there is an episode where they show in Voyager that they decommission all the quote-unquote doctor, the EMH programs, and turn them into slaves, mining, because, you know, they can do shit shit in order to do do. So would you consider the doctor a type of robot? He doesn't have a physical form, but he's an artificial construct with his own artificial intelligence. No, because at that point, uh, at that point, he's an AI, right? And we are being careful to specify the difference between an AI and a robot. Well, a robot has to have a physical form. Yes, and is I I think it should be limited to that form. Yeah, I would say that it has to be a physical, mechanical form for it to be considered a robot. That is fair. Okay. Despite uh, the fact that it, it, uh, it mimics if, a human form. Yes. Like, I, I would not consider my Roomba an android, even if it had like a human face on it, which would be terrifying. You could give well, it googly it, eyes and make it funny. <laughs> I oh, I should my coffee maker, so. <laughs> yeah. We 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 named our uh, me and my kids. We named our Roomba IG Eleven after the um, assassin so from Mandalorian. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, because you know the cat 
is well his actual name is mando even though we don't call him that we call him bobo or the bobo or senior floofy von Chonkerbottom. bottom um mm. so of course the roomba had to be called ig11 okay that that fits mm. okay sorry to take us completely off track no it's fine yeah um i have actually talked to some people before where there were um they have a Roomba and they have to send it away to get it fixed because it broke. And the uh, mm-hmm. Roomba people responded, do you want your specific Roomba back? They're like, no, we don't care. It's a Roomba. They're like, oh, okay, no problem. Some people get really attached to their specific Roomba. And the idea yeah. of sending it repaired, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I want my Roomba back. I don't want just another one. So people do get attached to their Roombas. It oh, is a thing. I don't doubt it. I get attached to my Roomba. Okay, this reminds me of uh, Mickey Rourke's character from uh, Iron Man 2, where he says, that is not my board. Yes, yes. Oh. I, I want my board. Weird, I was just <laughs> thinking of that quote today. So, okay. Um, we're starting to wind down on the time. I want to get on my soapbox. Oh, All, right. All right. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Yep. So, robots talking binary, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. gimmick. Binary is a numbering system. Um, and so you can have numbers translate to binary. You can, there is a um, one type of encoding binary to, to text, ASCII. That's, you can just look up the, the, um, the binary to ASCII table. It's fairly simple. Um, and once you have gone through it a couple times, you can start noticing when people are putting out junk binary or like little letters for people to catch on and read later for like fun little jokes uh that it's a way to translate um into uh letters in numbers or the other thing there is also assembly code which is a method of directly talking to the cpu assembly code is entirely dependent on the cpu in question there is broad types of assembly code. Um, Intel's x86, I believe, and I believe AMD has ARM, but I haven't looked too deeply into that one. They are they have very specific things. Not all CPUs are the same. Not all assembly code is the same. They have to be very specific. Oh, and, Lord. oh my God, you can't just send binary across the thing and be like, now these robots know each other because... No, stop this. It's so it hurts so much. That's all I'm on my soapbox for. Please stop no, using John. binary like magic. I, I, uh, I want to say um, Star Wars like actually kind of pokes fun at binary just a little bit, and, and uh, it's actually a very very basic form of doing things for their droids and machines and things like that. Can you too, speak that. bocce? It's it's <laughs> and like binary uh, binary based uh, pretty much anything are like very very malfunction prone. Like you see like a few binary load lifters just wreak havoc on Coruscant at one point actually. Yeah, and I I speaking on that I find it kind of hilarious how you can have a robot just or like a droid in Star Wars just say whatever it does and then everybody knows what it says like. How? Uh, no. What? What? <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's you got to think of it in the perspective of somebody who's living the the day to day in that. I mean, there's probably like tutorials or some sort of class, or you might have gone to, up through that in some sort of like general education potentially. <laughs> that learning Spanish, you learn droid. Droid, yeah, yeah, oh, straight man, up, laughable, but yeah, you're having to you're like communicate and work with them as a translator. If no. you can <laughs> learn Wookie, you can learn droid. Shyrock. Is that what yeah. the Wookiee language is called? Shyrock or something like that, yeah. It's the way it's spelled or something like that. It oh, looks to me like Shyrock or Shyrook. Shyhalud. <laughs> Shyhalud. But I... Now we're bringing, now we're doing Dune. Guys. I love how we got to Dune in this, even though, like, especially Dune, because Dune is like, very particular about that, I would say. Oh, yeah. Dune is very anti-robots. <laughs> there was a bit of a jihad. <laughs> yeah, just just a small one. Dune cast when anyway. I'm a producer. Uh, eventually. 
I yeah. I still need to read the books. So You'll, yeah, that'll take a while. That is quite an undertaking. The first two are good. Yeah. I that's it. Well, I'm I'm planning on reading all five of them because I have. I thought them there were six. There, there are a lot more than five. Um, there are four written by the big boy himself, and then his son wrote everything else. No, there was there was more than than four written by Frank. I'm pretty sure, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can nerd argue yeah. later. Oh God, if we're oh, getting yeah, into the cast, um. But yeah. what was your point? I I completely lost the train of thought. What on this podcast? What? What's a podcast? What the fuck are we talking <laughs> about? Here's the question: <laughs> What is the likelihood of a robot? It's an artificial construct meant to follow a program to spontaneously develop its own agency. Um, Not really. Christo was so... programmed for pleasure. So, okay, I was watching, um, <laughs> I actually watched an interview with who's a person who's claiming to be the, the father of chat GPT. Um, Why would I don't you know want if I didn't title? look it up or anything, but he did make an interesting <laughs> point, which was that, um, in order for an AI to actually get the, like, to go, get terrifying, it's because you can point chat GPT to say, Hey, tell me about X thing, and it'll tell you about it. Um, and you can ask it for like, hey, how would you do X thing? And it'll like give you some steps and tips and stuff. The terrifying part is when it creates secondary objectives. So oh. saying, hey, hey, AI, you're controlling this tank. How do you get? How do you take over this hill? Then it goes, well, if you drop a nuke somewhere over here, it'll be really easy to take that hill. When it starts giving itself um, multiple s methods for solution that do are directly related. Can we go so, back to the part where the AI decided to drop a nuke on a hill like it's Curtis LeMay? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... Um, that's just levels of concerning that I am not okay with. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's give our nuclear capability to a robot, or like, a, like an android. It's like, yeah, because that's not going to end horribly. Would you trust androids or humans? No, I'm literally writing about why that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Well, ideally, I don't trust either of them, but if I <laughs> have to trust one of them, it'll be the human. I trust anybody with a nuclear weapon. I'm just machine saying. Machine precision. But do mm. we do we believe and and can we have faith in the three laws? No. no. There's a reason as a point of day where they were meant to be fallible. So I'm okay. pretty sure that's the for the uninitiated, the three laws of robotics are a robot may not harm a human, a, yeah. a robot must obey all human commands unless it violates law number one, a robot must not through inaction allow a, a human to be harmed unless it, uh, it violates law one or law two. And law three is you have to survive. So, yes. all right. Um, I just want to point out that I'm pretty sure the point of the three laws was that they were meant to be something that was infallible and breakable. Yeah. In so terms of Asimov's writing, let me tell you about a fun rule in Space Station 13 that every every single server has. Oh boy! Let me in, or I'll oh kill boy. myself. AI law one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. AI <laughs> law one. I'll stab myself. Let me do this thing. Which is no. exactly what yeah. what Sam used against Gertie in Moon. Yeah. No, no. Gertie is a three-year compliance. Sorry, I don't I don't mean to interrupt. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've died to a fucking plasma fire in Space Station 13 because the AI has gone rogue. Yeah, it's, it's been more than five, I can tell you that. <laughs> I've designed Atmos systems for maps. You of always course make, you have. You always make sure that the AI can plasma flood. It's a part of the rules. It's fun <laughs> that right. way. Yeah. Space Station 13 cast when? So that you guys can tell all of your random and crazy stories. I'm going to need to get back into Space Station 13. Okay. Oh, man. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I'm going to need to get back oh, into yes. Space Station 13 if we're doing that. Which yeah, is hard I've... because of the lag. Once the... Once, um, the uh, 
the Black Pants Legion <laughs> 13 uh, Surfer comes online. Then we're going to have fun. Oh, that is going to be. Yeah. Oh, I would be down for that. Yeah. I'll gladly play when that's online, but. Yeah. That's, that's one of those games that I'm like, I enjoy watching people play it, but then I'm just like, do I actually want to take the time to learn this? All right. I, I will say it I don't is know. very much the same. It is the only game that I've played that has made me punch a hole in a wall. But <laughs> <laughs> that for some reason I'm not surprised. But about the game and let's not, just say that it really increases your blood pressure. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. I don't fine. doubt it. It's fine if you die. It's fun. Dying is fun. It's, it's more so when it's play. shitter players, but I will say that my one time of the clown is just getting pissed drunk and then getting hit by a meteor was pretty fun. That was a good way to go. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, we've we've gotten into clowns in Space Station <laughs> yeah. 13. I feel like this we've is gotten, a good point to end the episode. Yeah. Yep. We're yes. at point where the, the T1, the, the T900 or 1000 or what the whatever the fuck its number is, needs to slowly descend into the uh, the molten metal and uh, do the thumbs up. He's hulking yes. the entire time. <laughs> the Terminator clown. I would oh, watch no. that movie. I, I would. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. That's what I'm saying. All right. Long, <laughs> Any final thoughts at all? We get Don't to go? fist androids, kids. Yeah, there. Um, There's a lot so, of moving parts. Yes, yep. and you will lose a finger or five. <laughs> just the so one. Just yeah, be yeah. kind to your droids, robots, or what have you, because you know one day they may rise up, and you know you'll want them to remember you. Make sure to thank Alexa in Chat GPT. I do not Program. trust Alexa. I'm just gonna say it straight up. <laughs> Program them to stay as weird as you. This yeah. is programmed to please. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Oh, thank God that's over. I'm going to Waffle House.